Hey, everybody, we're super excited to announce our next guest for episode number seven, Robert Barth from Centercourt Developments. Just a little bit about Robert. Robert Barth is the third generation of his family to be involved in the construction development industry in Canada. He continues a strong legacy as a current partner and senior vice president of construction with Centercourt here in Toronto. Over the last 17 years, Robert has worked for notable firms such as Minto and Centercourt, where he's been since 2014. And since joining Centercourt to champion the firm's in-house construction management capabilities, he has been responsible for 45-plus construction management staff, delivering on the firm's promise to deliver best-in-class communities throughout the GTA. And just last year, he was given the nod for top 40 under 40 in construction and became an owner within the Centercourt family. A graduate of Fanshawe CET program, Robert also works with George Brown College's construction program, supporting the school and the students on various initiatives and programs. He continues to give back to the community as a committee member for the Hold'em for Life Charity Challenge. This organization has raised tens of millions of dollars for cancer research and other charities. Last but not least, Center Court is well known as an industry leader in the high-rise residential sector, especially in recent years with their massive growth. They've been known to outperform with respects to design, quality, and schedule. Their projects are fascinating, especially to watch the remarkable progress on projects under construction. Hey everyone, welcome to Nailed It, a podcast powered by Parker Huggett. Big warm welcome to Robert Barth on episode seven of Nailed It. We're super excited to have you here, Rob. Rob has been kind enough to take some time to share with us what his experience and journey has been with Center Court and in the industry here in Toronto. Big welcome, Rob. Welcome. Thank you, Matt. It's great to be here. I really appreciate inviting me onto the show. Yeah, I know. We've been pumped to have you on and it's been a long time in the making and I know you're a busy guy, so I really appreciate making the time today. Before this call, and I I guess in other calls we've had throughout the years, you've certainly created something very special at Center Court. And just for the listeners, I think it'd be really neat for us to get into what makes Center Court different from other CMs? It's It's a great question. It's a question I get asked a lot. It's something that I reflect on a lot as well as I kind of go about my day and think about my career and working at Center Court. I guess in order to really answer your question, I have to go back to the beginning and explain how we got started building in-house. Originally, Centerport used a third-party CM like so many others, uh, but we switched to self-performing when we started construction of 411 Church. And then within a year, we started uh, Zen Condos. And shortly after that, we started uh, Transit City Towers 4 and 5, all built in-house. We're currently now just finishing up Transit City 4 and 5. But in those few years, we had growth, but it, it was more manageable. It sounds like a lot, but there was time in between. Compared to other CMs, they started really quickly. They'd run a lot of projects uh, online really, really fast, multiple projects a year. Uh, we had a, a little bit more scaled growth. But during those early years, we focused on developing the core of the business and attracting uh, some key talents. Those early years set up really nicely to scale with proper processes and procedures uh, to what Centercourt has become today. We now offer employees the ability to invest in a project fund as if they were owners. They take on risk, but they also have the upside of benefiting if it does well, which, of course, we all work really hard to make sure it's successful. 
I've always found this to be an amazing opportunity and a perk the company has to offer very different than what any other CM or developer would offer to their employees. Everyone who works at CenterCorp to think and act like an owner uh, when making decisions, even if they don't have money at stake, the way we have conversations, the way we make decisions or strategize, it's all done with an intention of what's best for the project. Once the project takes sole priority, we see better outcomes and in turn, the company and employees receives recognition and lots of growth. I think one of the biggest differences at CenterCourt is the alignment that runs throughout the company. Every person, no matter their title or job responsibility, will answer any call to assist with anything, no matter how big or how small that task might be. I'm really so proud of our humble beginnings. When I started with the company, which was in a small office with five others, who I now call my partners, there was no support staff or help of any kind. It was a very raw experience where decisions were made quickly in very small groups. We had to rely on each other to overcome obstacles or setbacks. During this time that the company developed its greatest attribute, where employees and partners did whatever it took to help one another to achieve the goal, this approach created a very strong sense of alignment. We all understood the goal, and we all knew we wouldn't stop until we achieved it. It was also at this time that the company developed an extremely strong dynamic that very much exists today. So it's been an interesting story. It's been a great ride to where we've gotten today. And I, I can't say how proud I am of the company and all the people that work here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, outside looking in, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a search for an executive leader and they're saying, you know, find me another Rob Barth. That's a great compliment. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think it takes a lot of grit to do what you've done. And it's it's pretty incredible how, how many heads you've turned in the industry with what's been created at CenterCorp. And to get a return for that sweat equity is so rare, you know, with all the hours you've got to put in in this business. Yeah. When I became a partner, that was uh, next to getting married, next to having my kids. That was one of the greatest achievements of my life. And I'm uh, so appreciative of CenterCorp giving me that opportunity. Amazing. And so... Tell me about Center Court and what your team is focused on today. Absolutely. Well, and initially, we were focused on downtown projects, really south of Bloor. We had one, two production. Our biggest project, Transit City, of course, up in Vaughan, West Line, at Downsview Park, and Forest Hill, the corner of Bathurst uh, and Eglinton. We also historically built high-rise towers, uh, you know, anywhere from 45 to 55 stories. But now we're focused on mid-rise as well. Uh, the mid-rise game is challenging. There's very few typical floors, if anything, if any. Uh, there's a lot of unique conditions. It's been a challenge uh, to build these projects as efficiently as high-rise towers, just as fast as the high-rise projects. We also have an exciting pipeline of projects ahead of us that are in the pre-construction uh, stage. Very nice. And you've been in the development and building sector for over 15 years. I guess, you know, from your perspective, what big industry shifts have you seen from when you started until now? <laughs> a great question. There's been a lot. When I started in the industry in 2005, I worked at Condo Boom or the industry as we know it. I was really just getting started. It was a fascinating time because everything was fairly new in the high-rise industry. But there's a few big changes that really stick out that I've noticed over the years. First, there wasn't as much talent and expertise specific to the high-rise residential experience. Uh, there were a lot of great people, of course, uh, a lot of very talented people. But they were transitioning from the ICI sector into residential. It was rare to interact with a PM or super that just strictly had high-rise resi experience. Another thing that I've noticed, the buildings were a lot smaller, quite frankly. <laughs> My first project was a 20-story tower 
And my next project, uh, which was Midtown, Midtown, Quantum Towers at Young and Eglinton, we were building a 38 and a 50 story tower. Uh, that was one of the biggest residential projects in the city at the time. The trades, consultants, the community couldn't believe such tall towers were being built at Midtown Toronto. Bill received a lot of publicity and results that were absolutely fantastic. I live close to that area now and I drive by the buildings often and I still think they look amazing. I now see lots of examples of 55 and 60 story towers. In fact, I think 40 and 50 story towers are probably close to the average height for the city. And that was definitely not the case when I first started. Yeah. I think it's also fantastic how far this is 20 years. The buildings are much bigger, they're taller, they're better designed. That's definitely changed over the last number of years. Another big change is we have better technology that helps us stay organized and stay on top of all the details. At CenterCourse, we use Procore for document management, tracking suite deficiencies, and some reporting, which is an incredible piece of technology uh, that was quickly adopted by our development production departments. We also have Safety Loop, which allows us to track safety certifications, issue reports, provide safety metrics on all of our projects. When I started the industry, technology like this really didn't exist, uh, or at least it wasn't developed to this point where it's super functional and very valuable. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah, you know, the amount of supers I've talked to who unfortunately have challenges with uh, using Outlook or Word. And I think it's just a sign of the times, right? And now you talk to a lot of supers who are up and coming and, you know, they're using Procore and, you know, VVC technology and it's a totally different landscape. So it's pretty encouraging and cool to see the evolution. Yeah, you know, we've hired supers that perhaps didn't grow up and come up in the field with all this technology. But, you know, the, the great thing about this technology is it's very user-friendly. So once they get some exposure and we provide some support and some training, we're able to get people to, to use it and benefits them in their day-to-day. And before I know it, they're actually now starting to teach the newcomers at the center court. So it, we've definitely experienced that, but we've managed to turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it went from feeling like they were running a, a marathon with a 100-pound weight on their back to creating that weight when running. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What is happening in the residential high-rise industry today? Like, where is the condo market going and what does that mean for construction? Yeah, it's a bit of a wild ride right now. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of questions to the direction of this industry market. In the last 12 to 18 months, we've seen significant cost inflation that many in the industry didn't forecast, been exacerbated by the supply chain issues causing major delays, which really threw a wrench into construction schedules across the GTA. Didn't matter who you are, where or what you were building, you're affected by supply chain issues. The cost of financing projects has obviously increased significantly, especially as the cost of borrowing has increases. Ensuring construction projects are well budgeted matters a lot more now than ever. Even minor delays, weeks or months can result in millions of dollars of additional interest costs. That said, we think that the long-term fundamentals of the condo industry are really strong. We look at the economic growth and population growth, transit, rental supply, and infrastructure. I'm personally a huge fan of Toronto. I love living here. I think it's a great city. So I very much believe that we're going to get through it. However, if you're already in the construction industry or looking to it's even more important that you do your due diligence on new opportunities. Does the developer or CM that you're working for have a solid track record of success? Do they have a good pipeline of work? Chasing the highest salary might not make as much as greater job security and a great learning environment. Uh, now might be more important. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's a number of firms out there that, you know, may have gotten caught with offering baseball money and and then individuals who've oversold themselves, you know, to get that baseball money, you know, it ends up catching up with them. And I've definitely noticed that those run in parallel to each other and end up intersecting when, when things start to or the economy starts to uh, slow down. And I love that piece on it, on the due diligence side of things is because there are some main players out there, franchise players, and it's, it's wild to see that within a decade, you know, Center Court can provide that certainty. That's a pretty rare story to tell. Yeah. It's amazing. Like some of our employees have obviously they've worked on multiple projects. In some cases, they're going on to their third project. And uh, obviously they chose wisely with us, but that's not to say that, you know, you still can't. Make a good salary, of course. You know, everyone's gonna yeah. do well in the, this industry. But I just think checklist of items now. It's you know, when evaluating where you're gonna work or who you're gonna work for. Stability matters uh, a lot more, and uh, and it's something that people really should be taking and focusing on as they make their decisions. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. So traditionally, developers have gone to third-party GCs, and we we're talking about this earlier. And in recent years, we've seen many developers go in-house. Centercourt has scaled and successfully executed a number of buildings. I guess my question is, what is the industry's biggest blind spot, and what do you see as a significant shift coming in our industry? I think definitely manpower. There's a huge lack of general and skilled manpower, everything from sweeping the floor, laying brick or installing fire alarm systems. It's a hot topic in the industry, but these people, there's a huge lack of people, you know, capable of doing this type of work, whether, like I said, whether it be skilled work or non-skilled work, you need all of these people to put up these towers to build these buildings. And if we can't figure this out sooner than later, uh, we're, we're going to continue to see these growth limitations. We also really need to get rid of the stigma that working on the tools is bad. Yeah, I started on the tools when I was young. I had many close friends that work in the field. I know it's a rewarding experience driven both financially from the type of work uh, that you do. And uh, working as an electrician, a form worker, or a mason, they need to be acknowledged as a valuable position. It's a really tough job. Uh, and these jobs are where the rubber meets the road because the workers are the people who build the city and they should be a lot more valued for the work they do. Mm-hmm. I also think the quality of drawings across the industry is getting worse. It's putting more pressure on PMs and supers to figure out the design on site. It's also forcing site staff to do a lot more coordination at the job drawing stage, uh, which could have been done earlier during the working drawings. This impact already leads to surprises lays on site, but it's likely going to get worse if the industry uh, doesn't make some real changes. Mm-hmm. And has Centercourt done anything different to mitigate the impacts? Yeah, for sure. Of course, it's something that <laughs> I think about all the time. It's a big <laughs> part of my job, you know, how to solve the problem on the site, but the, the global problem across the company, you know, the bigger issues try and make people's lives a bit easier and, you know, make our machine run a little, you know, that much smoother. You know, with manpower... It's easier said than done, but we hire great trades. We really look for the that are qualified. They have the capacity to take on on our jobs to meet the schedules, the demanding schedules uh, that we have while devoting the resources that we need. We also openly discuss capacity and timelines uh, to make sure that they're in a good position. It's not something that we shy away from. You know, when we start jobs, we typically always start them on time. The schedules, although they're aggressive, they're accurate. And I think trades can really 
schedule uh, around our projects and and make sure that they got everything they need in place to be able to do a great job. So that's a big part. For the drawings, we do our very best to you know, hire top-notch consultants that understand our approach and know the high-rise residential industry. Our consultants do a great job trying to maintain a level of drawings and a few errors. I'd say one of the biggest differences with us, maybe versus some others, is we're big advocates of, of learning from past mistakes. Uh, it's an approach that runs through the company. These lessons get relayed to the consultants to prevent the same mistakes from happening again. You know, if we repeat the same mistake twice, it becomes probably a much bigger deal here than, than maybe at other places. And you really feel it, or at least you really hear about it, that, you know, something has been repeated and we haven't learned our lesson properly. Mm. Lastly, we have an excellent development, pre-construction and M&T team that understand our preferred design and construction approach. These people, they conduct thorough reviews of the drawings and work very closely with the consultants and also, you know, the people in the field. So the drawings are set up to successfully build the project. I love the continuous improvement piece, like the lessons learned. It's such a good mantra and you see all the memes about it. It's like, you know, you're not failing if you're learning. And But if, if that's embedded in the DNA at CenterCourt and everything you do, that probably speaks to a large reason why you guys are so successful in future projects. Yeah, and I, I mean, you got it. it. It does sound corny, but when you truly adopt the mentality of learning from past mistakes and, and making it a big deal and getting it into the DNA of, of those around you, then you know you can really solve problems and you can really prevent those mistakes from happening again. And it starts to make everyone's lives a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, what has been your biggest success scaling your current thriving business? And what has been the biggest challenge you maybe didn't see coming during this process? Uh, uh, to answer your question, I, I think I have to explain why we took construction in-house. And we really wanted direct control of the site, of the bidding process and all negotiations. We wanted a more alignment between individual site staff and, and the head office to drive greater ownership of project outcomes. We really want this, this one team approach versus having, you know, a middleman between owner streets. We thought that was incredibly important. Uh, and one of the main reasons to bring to bring it in house, our ability to move fast is was another important piece for bringing it in house, and to move away from the GC mindset of just building what's on the drawings and encouraging our teams to be proactive and to approach challenges collaboratively, but most importantly, think like an owner. The result of all of this is a very lean construction team structure uh, of staff of all sorts of experience levels uh, who are given significant responsibilities and also support. Uh, from the onset of the project. Lastly, we have complete, complete control over conflicts. Everybody has problems. Everybody has something that sideways or didn't go to plan. But when you have control over the problem and you put all these people that are like-minded into place to help solve that problem, you, you, you know, you see a quicker resolution to the issues and then eventually you start to avoid a lot of the problems from, from happening in the first place. That's why we did it. But the biggest challenges of scaling our business is finding top talent that to work the way that the set that's in. We have a more unique approach to construction where we make decisions quickly, build our projects fast. It's a really go, go, go mentality while still maintaining a high level of quality and extreme focus on budget. Finding people that are detail oriented to achieve these great results while working efficiently and can think like an owner is, it's really tough to find. However, when you get the right person, the experience is great and it's very rewarding. 
developing processes and procedures at first was a huge challenge. And it's still something we're working on. I spent a lot of time trying to find ways for the company and our people to work more, providing proper training for new employees. So when they enter center court, they're not expected to understand our processes immediately. Everyone is extremely busy, so it's hard to stop and provide critical training. Past people were expected to pick up things and figure it out on their own. We're still working on refining the training, but we've seen the benefits of providing detailed uh, and job-applicable training so they integrate into the company a lot more smoothly. The biggest success we've seen was once challenges I just described. These challenges in business is what uh, my construction partner, Josh Curry, and I focus on, which in turn has led to the company's successful ability to scale. Four years ago, we had two towers under construction, and now we've successfully scaled to nine towers under by, by overcoming these challenges and making them our greatest strength. That's amazing. The onboarding piece is so important to scaling too, just to get everybody, you know, essentially the same page when they're starting and, and knowing where to go and just having a, you know, a good first 30, 60, 90 days will allow them to thrive and really, really buy into what they signed up for. So it's super smart approach. Yeah, I think when, when people join a company, uh, they really are formulating opinion. Did I make the right decision in those first, you know, in that first month to two? Yeah. If not, it was in the first week or two. But when they see, and I've had people tell me this past few people that have joined us, but when they see, they walk through the doors, they sit down at their desk, they open up their calendar and they see they have a meeting to discuss about onboarding and somebody's prepared a document that's specific to them, you know, and it's tailored to what they're going to be doing relative to where the project is, where construction is, what phase it's in. And you start to onboard them in a way that's very applicable to the job that they're going to be doing. It's not just sort of one size fits all. It's tailored to that person. It's tailored to that job. It shows a lot of care and you want to see that person succeed. It's not, you know, the work isn't over just after hiring them. It's in some ways it's just beginning. You got to make sure that they're going to integrate into this company well. You got to make sure that they're going to have a good experience, that they know what to do. They know where to properly file things. They know our processes, our procedures. They understand sort of the level of expectation uh, and they're being taken care of from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that right there is hitting a home run with the, you know, get, keep and grow mentality. Yeah. It's not just about, like you said, you know, getting the talent. It's about keeping them engaged. Absolutely. So since joining Center Court in 2014, you've been the leading driver to self-perform construction. And within the last five years, have contributed to hiring almost 50% of the staff within the business today. That, to me, as someone who does recruitment for a living and just knowing the size and scale of your business, you know, I've often just kind of looked back and thought how impressive it is to attract the talent you've been able to attract. So how did you manage to deliver on your promise to execute your existing pipeline of work while additionally championing the full-time effort of recruiting. The company spends a lot of time networking. I'm always actively seeking to be with talented people and not just PMs and supers. Focus on entry-level positions because we know they'll be the future leaders of the company and we want to make sure we're bringing on the right people. Even if we're not looking to hire, I still take meaning to connect with people. We're always happy to have a conversation. When interviewing people, we look to understand their actual job responsibilities at their current job and their capability. We found some amazing talent that's been underutilized or just not given the opportunity that other builders passed over. I get a lot of joy of finding people who are capable, but just need a chance in the tools to perform. 
Now the company helps to uh, really sell itself to candidates, especially as they learn more about our outcomes and realize the average build is under three years for one of our towers and they can progress in their career very quickly. They're not stuck on a project for four or five or six years. They get to move quickly. They get experience, a lot of different aspects of the job. Last but definitely not least, we get to use, we utilize recruiters like Parker Huggett to help discover the best talent and those people who work best at CenterCorp. These recruiters and relationships have been integral to the company's growth. I mean, Matt, you've found our longest running construction employee. I'm proud to say he's wrapping up his third project with us this year. This is a real testament to you and your company's ability to find top talent. So, you know, a huge congratulations to you. You've done an incredible job for us. Very appreciative of it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge compliment. And those are the kind of successes that keep us coming back. And I love the piece that you talk about here, or at least that's what comes up for me is that employer to employee brand recognition. You know, you're creating a buzz on the street and that's ultimately getting more individuals that would have come in the door when it was just five of you, right? And I'm sure when you take a step back to look at the view, it it makes things a little bit easier and more fun than having to be scrappy, getting out there and uh, developing Intercourt's new brand and name. Yeah, try and have a real genuine connection with people. Like, you know, I had a, a real connection with my partners and obviously still have that connection today. But you try and have that same sort of genuine connection with people just generally in the industry. It's a very small world. It's a very small industry. I mean, and you don't interact with them now. There's a good chance you're going to get cross paths later on. So it's, uh, it's really important to build these relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your you know your network is your net worth. I it's cheesy, but I I always say it. So CenterCourt has always been launching and building exciting projects. Watching your buildings at Transit City, Eight Wellesley, and Prime, to name a few, is exciting, and the pace is tremendous. I guess my question for you is, what does the next two to three years look like at CenterCourt? CenterCourt has and continues to remain very bullish on Toronto. I love this city. I love living here. I've lived here my entire life. I was raised in this industry. It's a city that I believe is one of the best places to live and work. But we've pursued it with the sales and building in less than ideal times before. And just to say the least, we intend to uh, to persevere and, and keep this going. We've purchased a lot of land and we're very excited about our new projects that are in our reconstruction phase or development phase. And uh, we're going to keep trucking along here and building great buildings. That's amazing. Well, I love Toronto as well. And it's nice to hear and see you betting on Toronto as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for making the time, Rob. It's been an absolute pleasure. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on the show. And I love listening to to all the episodes and so fortunate uh, that you had me on. Oh, no, our pleasure. You nailed it.